The apparent cause of death was a severe neck wound that resembled, in the words of one bystander, a really gross hickey. <laughs> Hello, this is uh, Zach. We're reporting in from the year 2942. We've traveled through time into the future, and now everybody wears lobsters on the face and tinfoil for shoulder pads. It's a wild and crazy time. You know what really offsets a, a nice tinfoil hat? What's that? A slice of American cheese. What did you just say? If you put a slice of cheese on your tinfoil hat, it actually protects you better than just the tinfoil. I don't, I wouldn't trust American cheese to protect anything. It's I, made of plastic. It is sealing in the <laughs> aluminum nutrients. Yeah, but then it'll melt and the fumes will get in your mouth and you'll die. Listen, yeah. it stops the neutrinos from mutating. <laughs> the neutrinos <laughs> are mutating. <laughs> so uh, that's actually... The, the electrons are angry. The cheese slice thing is actually a Buffy deep cut. Oh, excuse me for not knowing things about such and so forth. Oh, speaking of Buffy... Oh. Oh, is it, that the movie we're covering today? It is. Wow, that's Buffy so coincidental. Vampire Slayer, 1992's classic. <gasps> that was the year after I was born. Oh, so it's a little late to be in honor of you? E well, I don't know. What day did it come out? Maybe it was my first birthday. Um, let me see. They may have been watching me, and I was the chosen one, and they were like, oh my God, this guy, we've got to release it on his birthday, and he will March thank 10th, us. no. I asked for the movie. They gave me the show. Oh, can't believe it. July 31st. So also no. Maybe it got delayed. Maybe. Anyway. So he I really am... want to make this work that you're somehow the chosen one. I am the chosen one. I know it. My name is Zach. What's your name? My name is Allison. That's good to know. Uh, so this is the podcast called Rose Tinted Reels. And here we're talking about movies. Right? Yes. This is what we do on this podcast. But more importantly, this is our final movie of our Halloween season part. De I know. It's sad, but true. Sad, but true. This is Buffy the Slaying Lampire. And you did this not is just one of have your a stroke. You did say it that way. <laughs> this is one of your favorite movies, right? Yes. It was one that I grew up with. I wanted to be Buffy, and I didn't see the irony of that desire until an adult. Why is that ironic? Her and her friends kind of vapid at the beginning. You don't want to be vapid? Not particularly. Well, maybe you just don't have the right insights to realize her genius. Maybe she's not vapid. Well, the thing about Buffy is I would argue that she's not. She is putting herself in that role. Of a genius? Uh, no, a very stable genius. No, <laughs> she, she puts herself in a role where she projects herself to be dumb, but she's resourceful. She, I think she has some cunning and smart, and mm. she is fearful of tapping into that because it's contrary to her social grouping. And I imagine that kind of thing is more common with adolescents. Uh, well, I'm sure it is, but it's also very common with adults. It's, it's a very human thing. So before we get too invested into the meat and potatoes of the film, which we may be accidentally tangenting towards, um, yeah. what's your news? What news do you got? Mm, news, news, news. Just been to several haunts recently. Uh, some frights and spooky things have gone on in my presence. Nice, nice. Yes, yes. What has been your best scare of the year? 
As far as I can remember, going to Kim's Crypt mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Which, Is that near Transylvania? It's approximately adjacent, yes. <laughs> and uh, there were uh, some good spooks and thrills there. There was one such thing with a dangly, like, Grim Reaper thing that was floating around a room. I thought it was a guy on stilts or something. I couldn't quite figure out what it was, but it scared the bejesus out of me. Oh, very good. It's it's rare where you and my cousin Christopher from our Lost Boys episode get scared at mm. the spook houses. So it always really tickles me when one of the actors gets you. Like, I know. It, yeah, it, I definitely got got that day. Chris this season has gotten got. Um, Did he got got? He got got, uh, I believe, also at Kim's Crypt. And he got got from a thing that wasn't real. A uh, thing that, what, that wasn't part of the exhibit? No, it was part of like it wasn't uh, an actor. It was a prop. <laughs> Please tell me it wasn't even moving. It wasn't. It was like, <laughs> he got it, scared by an inanimate prop. <laughs> I think it was a distractor. Like you're looking at it, not knowing if it's real or not, but he wasn't prepared for it to be there. Uh-huh. So it got him. And then while Kai was laughing at him, the actor got Kai. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, it's so easy to get her. Oh, gotcha. And by the way, that's Kay Clay. Kay Clay. All right. So let's go on to Act Two. I had news. Oh, sorry. You want to speak about your news? Yeah. You didn't even ask. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Do continue. So I don't know if I I recently underwent a medical procedure and I'm not sure if it was the propothal that I was coming off of or or exhaustion, but I think I found us another waxwork level classic to watch next year. You texted me about this. What's the name of this film? It is 976 Evil. And is starring the actor that played Ed Evil from Fright Night. You know, the little wormy kid that uh, the vampire turns into like his minion to get the kid. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, the, yeah. the weird one that, oh, you're so cool, Bruce. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's, it's starring him. And it's a directorial debut of Robert England, the king of horror himself. What year did this come out? 1998. So just on the border of forbidden territory. That's true. And it could have been. Uh, Propothal. Uh, an, no, an anniversary of my birth, depending on when it came out. He may have done this in honor of me. Oh. Do we really have to wait for next year? Unless you wanted to do like a mid-season spooky treat. Like, uh, like you know how they do Christmas in July. We can have horror in May or something. <laughs> horror in May. I just like the sound of that. Well, all right. Uh, do you have any more news? No, nothing, nothing terribly exciting. Just okay. healing up from that procedure still, and hopefully yes. my energy's a little bit better from our our last recording. Well, I think you were loopy in the last one. I remember it being a good one, so I think we're going to be okay on that front. So what you're saying is I need to take more drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and is it true that you brought drugs for me to take at the beginning of this record? Ibuprofen. Well, still drugs. The profen. Got me the profen. <laughs> Uh, and, and muffins mm-hmm. to help, you know, absorb everything. I haven't had a bite yet, so uh, let's prepare Mikey the Mickey. Mikey or Mickey, I know that you were on vacation last time. I hope you're still on vacation. Um, so while Zach is, I am not about to say what I was about to say. say while Zach is munching on muffins. <laughs> I don't know why I was not expecting you to say that. (laughs) That's why it was going to (laughs) stop. It's the profithal. (laughs) Sure. Blame it all on the profithal. News is over. Synopsis time. All right. Act two inside the reel. What is the real synopsis of this film? 
flighty teenager girl Buffy Summers learns that she is her generation's destined battler of vampires. Yeah, I don't know if I would have said that she was flighty. She seemed very dedicated to the things that she considered important, mm-hmm. you know, such as cheerleading, dancing. Social standing. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if flighty is the right way to describe it. We should have a word with the people who wrote this thing. Joss Wheaton. Good luck. <laughs> what a dumb idiot. All right. So uh, what's your very hilarious synopsis? So mine will be very funny for those who have watched Ferris Bueller. Oh, uh, I I have seen that, so I'll get it. You have not seen it. No, no, I've seen it. I have. It's just been a long time, so I won't get it, but go ahead. Um, he's a vampire. My best friend's sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend heard it from this guy who knows this kid who's with this girl who saw Benny pass out at 31 Flavors last night. So I guess it's pretty serious. I feel like I recognize that. That's good. I am laughing. On the inward. I feel really insecure. I thought, I thought it was going to be really good. <laughs> nope, everybody at home is laughing. They all get it, and that's it's it's that was big. All right. So it's mm-hmm. uh, Christy Swanson's character from Ferris Bueller. When the teacher is asking where Bueller is, that was her response. But I implemented vampire things. I feel like at the end we need to play that scene so people can. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Um, All right, and my very hilarious synopsis, it's not that funny. I said, uh, high stakes comedy. It's a high stakes (laughs) (laughs) comedy. High, as in H-I, comma, stakes, as in the stakes are coming for your heart, Uh that sort of thing. It's a high stakes comedy. Look, this would have been a better thing for if it was like a stoner vampire comedy, and I think (laughs) something like that needs to exist. Yeah, there's less stoners in this than you would have likely to imagine yes i was expecting it to be uh, on the level of cheech and chong so moving on to trivia do you have it uh? did cheech and chong ever go versus vampires <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know that i've ever actually seen a cheech and chong movie i mean i i know that ernest went after evil uh he went monsters. after everything he got scared stupid yeah <laughs> raise your hand if you've seen any more earnest movies than that because i sure have i've seen i think i've seen all or most of them oh i've only seen scared stupid yeah no i've seen his christmas one which i can't saves christmas i think is what it's called uh i can't remember the other ones but i have seen them <laughs> i think i've seen almost all of them was it scared stupid where he, there was a rattlesnake or he was talking to some guys like oh don't don't lift up the tarp on the truck because there are rattlesnakes in there you get all riled up and they'll bite you you want one for your boy i got my boy one <laughs> For some reason, I remember that monologue. But so trivia, yeah, to the um, movie that we are here to talk about. Oh yeah, Buffy the. the, the uh, so in the original version of the script, Merrick committed suicide. Ah, suicide. Uh uh-uh, uh, it was the first one. I couldn't possibly know. Uh, committed suicide to escape being turned into a vampire by Lothos who wanted to know the Slayer's identity so that he could dispatch her. This version was restored in the Buffy origin comic, mm-hmm. which, as we all know, was a recreation of Joss Whedon's original script for the film. Ben Affleck had a special appearance in this film, even though he's not credited. Um, I actually have it time-stamped for us to... Oh, to good. I didn't actually catch it. I read about um, it after the fact. Yeah. Um, he admits that his line delivery was so bad that they had to dub over him, and this was really before he shot up to fame, so uh, he just is an extra. While he was riding the coattails of Matt Damon? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Joss Whedon was so frustrated by how much of his vision was being mishandled by the director of this film, and I suppose the other actors, and how much of it was being rewritten, that he eventually left the set during production and never came back 
he also said that uh, Donald Sutherland was extremely difficult to be around uh, because Sutherland rewrote most of the dialogue for the scenes and often makes uh, made the scenes incomprehensible from the perspective of Whedon. And uh, Whedon did praise Sutherland's abilities as an actor, but called his behavior rude and Sutherland a dick. <laughs> One of those rewrites was what resulted in um, Merrick's storyline changing. Yeah. So um, one of the the end results uh, was actually the change between the continuity of what happened at the end of the film to the TV franchise. So in the TV show, um, it opens up with Buffy having to move to Sunnydale. And um, basically she's being spoken to by the principal and you find out that she had to light the the gym on fire and burn it down and that's why she was expelled so um that is what they had to change it that was more in line with how the movie was supposed to end yeah and uh because of the changes uh you can read about those in the comic books which are supposed to be a little more close to as you said that original script Apparently, David Bowie and Mick Jagger and Carrie Elways were set to make cameos as vampires, but they were cut due to uh, time and budgetary constraints. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of a shame. I think uh, Carrie Elways would have made a good addition to the movie. I, it's funny. They, um, they kind of shot all of their budget on getting... Uh, Lothos and uh, Sutherland for the film. And so... I think Sutherland was worth it. Sutherland is a phenomenal actor, but I, I mean, they, they wanted the names. And so that's why they ended up adding Rucker Hauer because Rucker Hauer is also a very big name. Yeah. But see, I, I mean, he is, and I've seen him in other things where he's been very good. I don't think he was that good in this movie. They didn't really use him a lot. Or well, that's fair. Good too. Ways, yeah. yeah, that's fair. How'd you feel about Paul Rubin's death scene? That was completely ad-libbed. <laughs> Man, that was... <laughs> Literally my last trivia. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know. I didn't know. It wasn't an Aggie. Uh, Paul Rubin completely improvised his silly ass death scene. I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was great. I don't know how it could have been improvised completely because he was interrupting people's lines. <laughs> oh, you could see people smiling, smirking, and laughing. <laughs> that that scene, if you watch it, I, well, I'm I'm looking forward to rewatching it because I've only seen that once and it was ludicrous. I love it. <laughs> it was... the the best part of the movie is Paul Rubens. <laughs> uh, in this film, Buffy experiences cramps whenever she is in proximity to a vampire. She explicitly compares them to menstrual cramps. Mm-hmm. Uh, this aspect of her power was dropped in subsequent TV series. If you're walking around and suddenly like. What's wrong with you? My spidey senses are going off in my vagina. Why are they there? (laughs) I don't know. Because that's where your power is. Very uh, Earth Mother. (laughs) So Robert Downey Jr. actually came onto the set to visit Luke. Uh, Well, I don't know if it was specifically to visit Luke Perry, but he did go to meet with him. And they had a very interesting conversation where... Robert Downey Jr. was kind of coming out of his it boy phase when he was a young teen heartthrob star into his adult years. 92, he was already coming out of that? Yeah. Dang. Um, And so he met with Luke Perry, who was a rising it boy, and he told him, so you think you're the man in town now, the new guy, get over it. Basically, he was telling him that all of the different it boys will eventually fall and their roles will change and you'll no longer be the it boy. So while 
an outsider might think of this as a harsh conversation. Luke Perry always thought it was really cool. No, it seems like uh, Robert Downey Jr. would be one of those people that would ha- he can have conversations with you that are very frank and they can come off as kind of uh, rubbing you the wrong way a little bit, but yeah, he's doing it for the right reasons. Robert Downey Jr.'s, you know, um, history with addiction and like where this fell in that timeline, I'm not sure, but like I, it, it almost feels like he was trying to caution not to follow da- him down that path. Yeah. 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 That's very possible. Well, I'm all out of trivia since you s- s- stole uh, almost all of mine. Uh, continue. Now I feel like I'm, I'm horrible. <laughs> so they actually had to rush filming this movie and it actually was shot within five weeks. Part of that had to do with Luke Perry and his very busy schedule. Um, they needed to complete filming before he had to return to 90210. So in catering to him, they were really quickly able to, to film this. Interesting. Um, in 2009, there was talks of doing a new Buffy movie, except it wouldn't be Buffy. It would be a new vampire slayer after Buffy's retirement from slaying. Um, but apparently the script was so bad, it was put on indefinite hiatus. Who wrote the script? Uh, I'm not positive. Um, the production company that owns the rights to Buffy, the movie, is actually Dolly Parton's movie studio called Sand Dollar. They sold the rights to Buffy to Sand Dollar Studios back in 1991. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. Other films that they own, the Academy Award winning documentary Common Thread, Stories from the Quilt, and then also movies like Father of the Bride and Father of the Bride Part 2, which I know you don't necessarily love, but you didn't hate either. No, I didn't. And in fact, that I don't remember what I said at the end of that episode, if I was going to watch it again or not, but I think I would. I would like to see it again. At least for Frank. Especially for Frank. <laughs> um, After all, he was fabulous. So my favorite character is, as I said, Paul Rubens or uh, Emlyn. That character was actually supposed to be female originally, and they had tapped um, Twin Peaks actress uh, Joan Chen. She ended up having to back out, and Paul Rubens was right there and be like, ooh, pick me. Paul Rubens was just waiting in the wings for uh, Joan Chen to step out of it? Yeah. That's rude. <laughs> Leave. I want it. I want it. <laughs> you don't want this. It's not right for you. Well, Paul Rubens was A also- woman as a vampire. Get out of here. Well, Paul Rubens also at the time was, I think, desperate to get away from the peewee image. And then he really got away from the peewee image. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have more trivia? Nope. Good. Quiz. Pray for Allison. Okay, so question number one. How is Buffy's Watcher's name spelled? Like the Merrick Health Manual? M-E-R-R-I-C-K? Correct. Give yourself a little point. Yeah. Uh, question number two. What is Lothos's hand, right-hand man's name? Errol. A-I... Oh, God, don't make me spell it. I just... <laughs> You looked, uh, you it, looked, you were trying to cheat. Well, it's you. like A-I, a, you didn't ask me to spell it. You just asked what it was. Okay, what did you say? Errol. <laughs> All right, final final answer? Mm-hmm. Incorrect. It's Amelin. Amelin. Oh, jeez. You, you don't get a little point, I'm I sorry. I know, I know. I was too penisy. You were too cocksure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number three. Which arm did this Amelin lose? Right. Final answer? Yes. I'm afraid not. It was left. No. That's why he's called Lefty by, uh, what's his face? 
God, by the guy who NPH played, you know. Pike? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Was like I was getting such an unhelpful stare from you. <laughs> At least help me. <laughs> no, I don't think I will. Okay. Well, anyway, he, yeah. NPH says, uh, hey, Lefty, how you doing? <laughs> uh, anyway, so question number four. What was the last thing that Lothos said? Now you're starting to piss me off. Or, no, answer. no. Okay, now I'm really pissed off. Final answer? Yes. Was I right the first time? I'm afraid you're wrong on both counts. He does say that, but he says something after that. He says, oops. Oh. And then falls down. <laughs> That's not a proper line. That's <laughs> a line. So I'm afraid you don't get a little point on that one. Uh, question number five. What did Buffy's mother call her boyfriend? Bobby. Correct. Give yourself a little. Po- Wait, final answer. <laughs> you said correct already. Don't give it. Do- yes. Final answer. Yes. Final answer. Wrong. I'm afraid not. He- Robert. She was very formal with him. No, she wasn't. <laughs> oh, sorry. Because it's possible she thought my name was Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give yourself a little point. Uh, question number six. What time is it when Buffy returns home after her first encounter with vampires at the graveyard? I'll read it again. What time is it when Buffy returns home after her first encounter with vampires at the graveyard? 10 o'clock. Final answer? Yes. I'll give that to you. It's around 10. No. Oh. And then her mom says, oh, I knew it was slow. Yeah. <laughs> you spend so much money. <laughs> Question number seven. What profession would Merrick have liked to pursue had his destiny not been bound to train slayers? It was like a shoemaker or leather worker or something like that. Candlestick maker. <laughs> butcher baker. Uh, butcher baker? <laughs> he bakes butchers? <laughs> no, butcher baker, candlestick maker. Those were the, the three. No, right, fair enough. No, you just said butcher baker, and I thought that sounded like one profession. <laughs> he just bakes butchers. <laughs> it's really a very <laughs> He's a sad serial killer. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, yeah. So, so I, I'm going to say... Um, like a boot maker is what I think he said. It, it was weird because he didn't actually say the name of a profession, but what they do. So leather tanner, <laughs> a leather hider. Yeah. No, I, I think he said something like shoemaker or something like that. Well, I'm going to need your final answer. Shoemaker. Shoemaker. It's not a shoemaker, but he says something very similar to that. All right. So that's your final answer. I'm afraid it's not shoemaker. You did say the correct answer though. It was boot maker. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, a shoemaker is a boot maker. That's a very specific subset. Yeah. He doesn't make your high heels. He doesn't make flats. He makes boots. What about high heel boots? He does not do that. <laughs> well, Merrick, why don't you tell me what you will do? <laughs> he just makes Timberlands, and that's it. Those have a little heel. Not high heel. True. Question number eight. <clears throat> when Buffy first goes to the graveyard to be shown her density... What is the name of the male vampire that she and Merrick encounter? I don't remember. The 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 one that's rising for the first time? Yeah. I don't remember. Is that your final answer? Correct. No, it's not. Um the name is Robert Berman. Robert Berman. I'm afraid you don't get a little point on that one. I'm doing terribly. <laughs> I think this is one of my worst. It might be. How many have you gotten so far? Two? Three. Three? Uh, okay, question number nine. Who drank all the blueberry schnapps and lurched on Buffy's mom at one of the Buffy birthday parties? Oh, God, what is his name? I don't know. I'm asking you. <laughs> it's the football, or not the football, the basketball guy. What is his name? Loosed all over my mom. 
What is his name? In the interest of time, I'm going to forfeit. I'm not sure. All right. So, uh, Bucky. Bucky. Bucky the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> it was the male version. No. <laughs> Bucky Barnes. Uh, no. Uh, his name, the man who drank all the blueberry schnapps and lurched on uh, Buffy's mom at Lush. one of Buffy's birthday parties, his name was Grueler. Oh, yeah, wouldn't have gotten there. Grueler. All right, question number 10. Maybe this is easier. What is the name of Buffy's intelligent friend who is helping her with her history schoolwork? Wow, you are giving me some sort of face. <laughs> it's just my face. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Remember, this question is for all the marbles. If you get this one right, you win the quiz. Because those are the rules of quiz time. I'm not confident. Um, I'm going to say Jennifer, but I'm, I don't think that's right. All right, so final answer? Yes. Jennifer. Uh, incorrect, I'm afraid. Her name was Cassandra. Moisturize me. <laughs> See, if you had mentioned moisturizer, I would have gotten. <laughs> uh, all right, so you got three out of a dismal, three out of ten. Yeah, just bad. <laughs> just bad. Um, that may be the worst. Yeah, which is sad because I like this movie a lot. I know, yeah. I mean, I gave you some tricky questions, but uh, yeah. It was maybe just some questions out of left field. It's hard to say. Anyway, so that's all for Act 2. So we're now moving into Act 3 movie analysis. So the pre-movie ratings, Allison's nostalgia rating, uh, what'd you give this? I gave it a reel of four and a heart of eight. And my predicted for you was a reel of four, heart of 6.5. Interesting. See, now I actually do remember my ratings this time because I just did them before you got here. Uh-huh. And uh, interesting. Um, <laughs> Helpful. <laughs> all right. All right. So let's get on to the timestamps. Let's actually watch this blasted film. Yeah. All right. So what's your first timestamp, eh? Three minutes, 46 seconds. Um, I'm calling this a language inoculation, getting you, the listener, if for some reason you're not familiar with it, used to Valley Girls speak, just like getting used to Droog speak in Clockwork Orange. So, uh, for sure. Uh, what's the sitch? Uh, also, no, I, I've got one before you. Oh, no. <laughs> you just let me go on and on. Well, I don't want to just cut you off and be like, okay, stop. You're done. Okay. Oh, whoa. <laughs> you're out of here. That was so five minutes ago. Get out of my facial. Get out of my facial. That's actually something I say. <laughs> like, oh, he got punched in his facial expression. <laughs> uh, anyway. Shaw, I'm sure. <laughs> Shaw. <laughs> okay, anyway, so this, I've got a timestamp at one minute and 50 seconds. This is where the cheerleaders are somehow leading a cheer, even though they're the only ones participating. I never understood the name cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Not really leading anybody. They're just doing a thing and then leaving. Well, they're trying to get you pumped. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I want to be vocal about my appreciation for the sports. I think we should call them pep enthusiasts. Or no, pep specialists. Okay. Pep doctors. Pep doctors. <laughs> <laughs> they are peps doctors. They, they doctor your pep. Not affiliated with Pepsi Cola. That's right. And so I think we established on a previous episode that you are, in fact, a fan of the skin, bones, and muscles that comprise Luke Perry's physical appearance. Yes, he is a handsome So we're just seeing uh, 
Oh, there we go. All right. <coughs> so we're seeing cheerleaders uh, shake their various parts their around. Their tail feathers, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then it cuts to a fella sitting, a basketball fella, in fact, sitting on a bench. Mm-hmm. And he's watching and smiling slightly lasciviously. Bobby. Bobby. Whose name is not Bobby. Yeah, do we actually know his name? I can look I think it's though. Gregory. If I'm right, I get a point. I get a little point. I think it's Gregory. Come on. I think it's Jeffrey. No whammies, no whammies. Jeffrey. It's Jeff- Jeffrey? Jeffrey. Damn it. I don't get a little point. Uh, so continuing. <laughs> I love the coach. Yeah. Okay, people, they're psyching you out. Let's not be so defensive out there, okay? Now, what do we say on the court? Repeat after me. I am a person. I have a right to the ball. Good. All right, now, Good. here's our key play. We're going to, we're going to, uh, wait, are we the actual? Oh, I missed my the thing I was actually here for. Look at this guy over his shoulder. Dude is at least 40. Also, I didn't appreciate how much he looked like Michael Scott until you first framed him. He First season, Michael Scott, greasy hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's got a bigger nose than Michael Scott. But other than that, he looks he does look very Michael Scottish. Mm-hmm. But the guy, the kid, the child over his shoulder, who has gorilla hair on his shoulders and arms, <laughs> he, he looks like he's about 40 years old. Yeah. Okay. Now what do we say on the court? But I do love me. what he says here. I am a person. I, I am, am a person. <laughs> I am entitled to this ball. <laughs> <laughs> I like I don't know what this is satirizing, just like overly like peppy and like supportive teachers. I think so. Like it, especially since it's California, kind of maybe like a new age. Yeah, yeah. Right to the ball. Good. All Good. Right, now, here's our key play. We're gonna we're gonna uh wait, are we the X's or the O's? <laughs> are we the O's? <laughs> the X's oh. or the O's. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Also, it seems like they just hired somebody that doesn't know what they're doing. All right, so this like, is after the game. Soon. Yeah. Well, okay, so I'm going to start you off by pointing out the boom mic in the reflection on the floor. Oh, good eye. I had not <laughs> paid attention to that before. Uh, okay, so anyway, this is your timestamp now. Uh, take it away. Yep. Uh, so this is just a, that language inoculation, uh, getting us used to Valley Girl speak, uh, just like having to get used to Droog speak in Clockwork Orange. Like, for sure. That's right. And Sitch. Howard is so heinous. He's always giving me a hard time. I get a C plus on the test, and he tells me you have no sense of history. I have no sense of history. He wears a brown tie. You got a C plus. I can't Good counter argument. I cheated off of you. Excuse me for not knowing about El Salvador. Like I'm ever going to Spain anyway. Or oh, Central wow. America, even. Jacket. Wouldn't you guys just love me in this? Guys, oh. what's the sitch? I'm bored. <laughs> I like they have entered this. They've been in this store literally for a second or two. Mm-hmm. And she is already bored and needs to know the sitch. Yeah. Well, I think the most important question you have to ask yourself here, is Hillary Swank attractive? Uh, her face is very symmetrical. The proportions are even, and uh, by all the rules of science, it determined her to it determines her to be attractive. Yes, she so, is hot. 
No, I'm going to have to ask you to stick to the rules of the game. I'm not asking if you would want to do her. <laughs> I'm not asking if you want to bang her. <laughs> I'm asking if she's hot. Respect the game. <laughs> Sorry. Mark and I played that when I was watching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, was the, uh, what was the outcome? Is she hot? Well, I, well, I'll just ask you now. Is she hot? Legitimately? Not doing that face. Oh, fair enough. Let's see if we can. So five minutes ago. Five minutes ago. Yeah. Hasn't she won an Oscar? Yeah. Oh. That's pretty hot. She. <laughs> I think there's what a couple of uh, Academy Award winners in this film, but yeah. not for this film. No, <laughs> certainly not. <laughs> All right, there. Look at her. I'd say yes. She's beautiful. But not hot. So, I think Christy Swanson's hot in this, but uh, I don't. This is not where I would say. Hillary Swank is hot. I think this is our most vapid <laughs> argument in any movie. And I started it, so it's my fault. It certainly is. Hillary Swank is hot. The end. Oh, I don't know. Why don't we go see a movie? Where? On the books? Oh, yes. No way. No THX. No THX. Beverly Sacks. Oh, please. They show previews for foreign movies. Oh, yeah. AMC? Bogus corn. Totally stale, and the ushers are like the acne patrol. Totally. I love this right here. Excuse much, rude or anything? What on planet Earth does that mean? Excuse you very much. No, excuse much. Mm-hmm. Rude or anything. Rude or anything. <laughs> what is she asking? She, she's she, saying, is she, is she asking me, are you really being this rude right now? Okay, so she's asking him if he's being rude. She's yeah. not sure. No, she's sure, but it's the way that she's presenting. So basically, well, look, I know what she's trying to say. Yeah, but that's she might have might as well have not used English words because her tone of voice and face made it clear what she was trying to say. Uh-huh. But her words, like she's there's it, there's a very of, complex grammatical it, dance it's going very, on. Like excuse you, it's just the valley rude or anything. So, like I said, this whole clip is to inoculate us. Well, I uh, that. That blew me away when I heard that that line. <laughs> Just because I can't wrap my head around the grammar of it. Yeah. it, it made me bust out laughing the first time I heard it. Nice ensemble. What a homeless. <laughs> what a homeless. So that's my, my scene. <laughs> what a homeless. That is a fantastic line. <laughs> anyway, all right. So uh, excuse much. My next timestamp is not until 50 minutes in. Five zero? Five zero minutes into the movie. This movie. Wow. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wow, okay. 1992. Um, six minutes, 55 seconds. Um, and I just want to preface this You're just one. stepping through this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of us had to, and it seems like it wasn't you. <laughs> Starting a sentence with, I don't want to sound, and insert anything at the end of it, be no, it racist, I, sexist, I don't or want whatever. To sa- I don't want to sound blank, but... But you're almost always going to be the thing that you said you don't want to sound like. Mm-hmm. As uh, I think Uncle Vernon said to Albus Dumbledore in book six, I think it was, I don't mean to sound rude, but, uh, and then Dumbledore cuts him off. He says, yet surprising rudeness happens very often. Best just keep your mouth shut, my good man. <laughs> Jeffrey, I don't want to sound sexist or anything, but can I borrow her? He was hovering his hand over her bottom. Yeah, she she's leaning over him to get to her boyfriend. Yes. 
She's her bottom is in his face. Yep. No way. You get her dirty. He would, honey. He's an animal. See you at my house. Don't look. (laughs) (laughs) Just like I was like, man, those are good role model boys. Man. Man. Period. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Okay. My next is not until fifty minutes in to the Uh, movie. Eleven fifty six. So Buffy is lecturing yeah, someone about see why the we quality have to of a name. Every single senior, because it's a senior dance, just a shot in the dark. So I mean, like, usual, why do we have to invite Nadia? She's such a blemish. I know, such right. a blemish. Hi. What? She's wearing the yellow jacket. I thought that look was over. Well, it's retro. Yeah, retro. You can borrow it sometime. Okay, maybe I will. We were talking about the senior dance. Is you're interested. You guys, look who's coming. <laughs> oh, thank you. Heck. <laughs> An Arquette and a parrot. What does it look like? NPH. Two coffees or a hot dog. <laughs> nothing on it, nothing on the side. Charlotte, your waitress. Nice, Charlotte. All right, so we're we're looking at these two gentlemen throw change at a waitress and uh, have her guess what they want. Well, it's not so much guess what we want; it's what can we afford with this amount of money. Uh, yes. Earlier, um, they had an altercation with um, the girls uh, when they went to a movie because the girls were talking through the movie, instead and the of gentlemen watching. were kicking their seats in the back. Yes, because they were frustrated. Yes. Even though they In more did. than more than one way, am I right? Sure. <laughs> well, probably. Anyway. Probably. I don't know. These are, the t- these are teenage dr- boys. Drugs and booze they were on. Who well, knows? these are teenage boys. They're frustrated. Gotcha. So, yes, they, they came in and they'll recognize each other soon enough. You guys are thrashed. Just a little. Are we? <laughs> are we? <laughs> That would explain the slurred speech. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. What's your name? Buffy. Yeah, figures. I'm Pike. Speaking of, um, is Buffy a real name or was that invented for this movie? You know what's funny is I don't think I've ever heard the name Buffy before. I've heard Muffy as a nickname, like a pet name. Oh, okay. But I've never heard Buffy used as anyone's actual name. I wonder if Buffy is an enshortening of some other name. Like Buffalomew. Buffalina. <laughs> Bemily. <laughs> this is Benny. Buffalops. <laughs> Benifer. Pike. Pike isn't a name. It's a fish. It's a captain. <laughs> Don't we know you guys? Hey, wait a minute. You're the guys from the movie. We hate you guys. <laughs> like we care, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. Boo-hoo. <laughs> well, you just snuck in anyway. Yeah. Uh, so Luke Perry, was he ever a heartthrob on the level of a Robert Downey? Yeah. So he he went through a, a long phase of doing movies that women thought highly of. So not so much movies, but like he was and gentlemen who be- are persuaded by the physical attractiveness of other men. So he was never solely famous for 
his movie career, but mostly at the time for his starring role in 90210. Okay, so he had a big old TV show that everyone loved. Gotcha. I mean, his heyday was definitely the 90s. Hey, Buffy, you hungry? I got something for you. He put a hot dog wiener where his regular human wiener would go Mm -hmm. and wiggled it in their faces. Yep, and she took care of it with swordplay. She wasted my dog. (laughs) Split it in two. (laughs) She split it in twine. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got there. It was just really with a name like Buffy, you're going to judge someone with a name like Pike. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that too, but then I was like, is Buffy a real name? Is Pike a real name? Captain? It's a it's a classic uh, name from the Star Wars uni- or Star Trek universe. Yes, which I'm sure Buffy knew. Well, it's not my fault that she didn't know that. <laughs> okay, 35, 42. This one is an interesting conversation between Buffy and Merrick where we learn more about kind of the sadness to the role of a watcher. They don't call him a watcher in this, but that's what he is in the Buffy universe. Okay, I have to sit through another ad. Let's ad lib. <laughs> the hell's happening right now I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you asked me what my favorite uh kirk sutherland was um donald pleasance donald sutherland your favorite is donald sutherland i don't know between i, I mean there's so many good sutherlands all right so uh what's the steamy uh scene you've got us lined up on okay on um 3542 um we're talking about different strategies and it's leading into getting a little bit more from Merrick about his role as a watcher. Is this before or after the Montage? Montage. Gotta have a 1980s Montage. I believe that this is shortly after the training montage. <gasps> ah, so she just kicked the butt of a vampire. Or vampire in their native dialect. Mm-hmm. And led them down a blind alley. Yes, and uh, Merrick is coming in to judge her performance. Toaster caked him. It was a trap, get it? I led him in. It was a blind alley, get it? If there'd been any more of them, you would be dead by now. You must never forget the cardinal rule, Buffy. One vampire is a lot easier to kill than ten. Is it just me, or does his voice sound a little bit like Orson Welles? I hear it a little bit. That it's kind same of kind of quality. Yeah, it's a little bit deep, smooth, but also a bit nasally. Does the word "duh" mean anything to you? You felt sick, didn't you? You had cramps. Nice conversationalist. Yeah, I felt them a little, but I'm not due for another couple of weeks since you're so hot on the subject. Of course you're not. It was a natural reaction on the part of a slayer, a reaction to their unnaturalness. And you're going to be able to use that to track them. Great. My secret weapon is PMS. It's just terrific. Thanks for telling me. It's not a weapon. It's an alert system. Well, aren't we Kung Fu? I don't see you out. I don't know. What does that mean? Aren't we Kung Fu? Like sagely wise master kind of. You think that's what you meant by that? When you're learning Kung Fu, there's that master that teaches you kind of thing. Is is that like a California slang for cool? <laughs> well, isn't that cool of you? Yeah, like I don't know. Maybe she meant sagely and wise. Killing any vampires. No, I play my part. You can play with your part all you want, but it's my neck on the block. I'm out there risking my life. I'm risking my life, and you're not doing anything. I train girls 
to be slayers. I have done so for a hundred lives, and I shall continue to do so. I am born each time with the knowledge that my purpose is to prepare the chosen one. Chosen one! For her battle. I am not a slayer, and I must not interfere, even if I want to. Even if I think that this time, the girl is truly exceptional. So, uh, what, what do you do? I mean, you just keep on living the same old life over and over? Yes, yes, uh, until... What, till there aren't any more vampires? Then what? Oh, then maybe I'll go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you'll just get a job. Oh, a job. I would have been a wonderful bootmaker. That is so dull. I'm going to be a buyer. Of what? I don't know. It's just a job I heard of. Sound pretty cool. You know? Buying, buyer, to buy. He's very dis- disturbed by the tea bag. <laughs> 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 I didn't actually pay attention to that until now. He's like... Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this is the woman you emulated. You wanted to emulate as a small I person. I thought she was cool. I mean, kind of. But uh, you gravitated towards... It seems to me as though you gravitate toward the vacuous blonde women from these movies. Well, they're confident. They're athletic. Like, there's good qualities there aside from... I mean, beauty is not a... Sure, quality. but that's th- but those qualities seem to be more dominant in your perception of them. Yeah, it, and you then know, the fact that they're younger, Allison thought that that's what she wanted. Well, yeah, who doesn't? Uh, yeah. But you, it seems like you completely overlook the fact that they're assholes. Maybe that's because you know, in, in those ages, I was bullied, and so those were traits what? I didn't have confidence and not necessarily an asshole. Because I don't think she's purely she she has some selfless traits to her. She's a protector. Buffy well, is. she becomes so. She becomes after so. training from medic. Mm-hmm. But uh, beforehand, she was quite an asshole. So do you think if uh, you were more naturally confident and all the, the rest of it, do you think that you would have been an asshole? What, what's the adage that uh, pretty people have things easier? And so maybe in that way, I would have developed less empathy and have been less kind. It's very possible. Uh, my next timestamp is actually just a really quick one liner that I just loved and had to timestamp, mm-hmm. which is 4118. Pike is being attacked by some vampires, and this is when one of them loses his arm. Oh, give me a break. I thought he looked like Edward Norton, this guy. <laughs> I could see. You ruined my new jacket. Kill him a lot. <laughs> Kill him a lot. <laughs> Anyway, they tussle around in the grass. He gives him a couple punches that are ineffectual. Then he gets whammed. No, that that was all I wanted. I just wanted to comment on the fighting a little bit. Good choreography. Oh, yeah, yeah, very good. Actually, it was terrible. (laughs) For the most part, it was awful. Uh, Anyway. So my next is uh, 4921, which is... Oh, just before that. Jesus, why you got to do me like that? Well, you wanted the Ben Affleck timestamp. That's right. All right, 49 who? 21, where we see Ben Affleck, but we don't hear Ben Affleck. Oh, there he is. Yep. Well, he's... uh, Very young. Very young. He's... uh, He's not Batman swole. I'll just say it. 
He hasn't come into his looks yet. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there he is. Lovely. All right, 50 minutes into the movie where a coach is explaining how for, to the players how to win. I like the Illuminati symbol. I was, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. If we all work together, and he was pointing to various parts of his diagram there, which includes an Illuminati plus gender yeah. unity plus, uh, equals infinite, infinite win. Yeah. So the Illuminati plus gender unification equals infinite win. He doesn't speak about the, the top two topics. He's just basically saying You're, we're going to win if we work together. Yeah. He, he's about to release the secret. So do you, do we think that he is a puppet of the Illuminati and he's trying to indoctrinate these uh, athletes? What if Buffy is? I can see that. I can see Buffy her being part of Or I can see Knights Templar. No, I could see Merrick being part of the the Illuminati and he's bringing her in. He's Oh, the Watchers are part of the Illuminati. It makes sense. Oh yes. Are you with me? Now get out there. He puts his hand in and nobody joins him. Again today, I, think. <laughs> I like that he almost forgot the word points. <laughs> Go out there and score some uh, points. <laughs> oh, yeah. The thing we're here for. Now, wait until this guy sits on a bench and just listen to what he says. Oh, yeah. No, I, I want to. I love what he his criticism of him here. He's he just said that this kid, uh, this basketball guy came in. He said he's mispracticed too much. You better sit down and think about how that made me feel. <laughs> sit down. How that made me feel. Go team, go! <laughs> and he's got like a chewed up ear. The vampire ear. What? I don't even understand. What is it supposed to be chewed up? I thought it was just supposed to be pointy, but it looks. Oh no! It, funky. It's, it's kind of like a Nosferatu ear. It's kind of jagged, crinkly. Yeah. It's a bit crinkly. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think the director told the vampires? So be right, insane. Just. Be at a 13. Yeah. Be at a 12 or 13. <laughs> so like uh, on the scale of like large acting, like a five is, you know, like De Niro. <laughs> That's in terms of big acting. Five is De Niro. Not that big. Mm-hmm. You know, t- t- the 10 is Jim Carrey. Okay. And these guys are got to be a 13, 14. <laughs> You know, we should have watched the Jim Carrey vampire movie. Once One. Bitten? Mm-hmm. I do need to see that. That is like one of the only Jim Carrey movies I haven't seen. We'll have to put that on the list for next year because that's a... I think we said that last year. Yeah, I, I actually have a new list going um, of things to keep in mind that we bring up while we're recording. Uh-oh, the movie just died. You broke it. And it came back. You broke it. I'm sorry. Sit down and think about how that made me feel. <laughs> Mine is 52-56, where we experience a very sad moment. Oh no, why would you do that to us? I'm kind of a jerk. Good with damage. I'm going to find Merrick. So Buffy has gone after uh, the basketball vampire, defeated him, but is now in kind of a wonderland. I didn't expect to see you so soon. Yeah, what are we? What is this place? I just, in, while I was watching it, I was just kind of assuming it was like an amusement park or a carnival or something like that, but looking more at the background decorations, I have absolutely no idea what this is supposed to be. I think these are floats. Is that what that is? Are these is like a storage yard for floats for parades or something? I think so. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Although, they don't... Yeah, maybe... 
I know that guy. That is a bad guy. Can we go, please? <laughs> Has our time finally come? Have you ripened so fast? Come close. All right, what's creepier? That line? Or his mustache? Yes. <laughs> his mustache? Yes. Look at me. Does anybody here have a problem with this but me? Come into my eyes. Yes. Hey. Hello. This is not a caring nurturer here. This guy's a blood-sucking fiend from beyond the grave. Although some of these devices and things are still moving. Mm-hmm. Like, why? I, I don't um, so I will say also as a setup, this is the scene where Merrick would have originally killed himself had they kept it in the film. Yeah. Wagging that jaw. And so was this a Sutherland change or was this a, a director change? Fran, what's her face? So this was originally a Sutherland change. He didn't want to kill himself. To kill himself. Yeah. Why? It's a more badass way to go. Yeah, especially doing it in a way to protect Buffy. And I think, yeah, I mean, it made good story sense to do it that way. And that was the original setup for the gym eventually being set on fire to kill all the vampires. So right. it was more in line with Wheaton. Yeah. Uh, and I Wheaton. think, and I think that it must've been a director change. Cause I think the reason that they didn't do the firing or the, the burning the gym was because it was too dark. Yeah. It was so that was probably once Wheaton left, they're like, okay, we'll do what we want. Ha ha sucker. <laughs> Wake and up. We're back. Grab our brush and put a little makeup. So we're back. <laughs> Come on, really? That's just mean. We were just singing she and I off off uh, camera, off mic, and now she refuses to do it. Because she's a You coward. already got corn noises. What more do you want of me? Dr. Mm, ding, Dr. Ding. Dr. Dina. Oh, Dr. Dina? Oh, excuse me. I don't know these do lyrics. Do it right or do it. <laughs> Wrong. Not at all. No. <laughs> Those are the two options. <laughs> do it right, do it wrong, or don't do it. <laughs> the right way, the wrong way, or the max power way, which right. is a lot like the wrong way, but faster. Hey, that's not bad, though. <laughs> if you're going to do it wrong, do it fast. That's what I always say. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's a joke built in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to gloss over it. I'm not trying to say that was my whole life philosophy in every aspect. Do you want to talk about eating muffins again? <laughs> nope. <laughs> We're done. We're done with this. Um, uh, so is this your timestamp that we're on? Uh, tell us about it. <laughs> we were in the middle of what I already set up. All right. While I'm biting it off. Are you addressing I? Are you Who's addressing ready I? to stop me? It's not you, Merrick. You finally brought me someone real. So... Okay, yeah, yeah. So he he's just honor bound to not attack the vampires because that's not his deal. That's not his bag, baby. He trains the ladies to do it. Mm-hmm. They do it. They his, haven't his ever. Fate driven role is to guide the slayers. I don't understand. I don't get it. They won't kill him as long as he's just producing slayer. He is a slayer factory, really. Slayer. But is she ready? Well, actually, she's quite a pain in the ass. What a pity. Your move, Merrick. Come on, Lefty. Remember what happened the last time you messed with me? I remember. Shit. <laughs> ah! 
She's not ready for you, Lothos. It's too bad. I had such high hopes. Close your eyes. No! Not this one! Lothos. Ashes to ashes. So, okay, I'm, I'm sorry to harp on this again. So he is fate-bound to not attack them, and they're under some sort of agreement between the vampires and he. He won't attack them, they won't attack him, right? Something like that. I think they would attack him eventually. Well, he's lived a hundred lifetimes. Well, no, when it, does eventually happen? He's reborn. He says that every every time I'm reborn, I'm born with the knowledge of what I have to do. Yeah. So were none of his previous incarnations attacked? Or do we just don't know? We just don't know when he hasn't shared. You'd think he would talk about that. Yeah. And it, but if, if they do attack him, then why doesn't he attack them? Uh, well, in this case, I think he's always just kind of been comfortable being in the shadows until, you know, the time comes, so to speak. I, I I don't know. It's a gray area. Yeah, he rewrote it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we can't blame Joss Whedon for this entirely. See, this yeah. might have been a rewrite. Who knows? This and, doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. And in the show, it's handled differently. Yeah. So it, to me, it seems like the 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 way it should have been written is he'll attack him if he needs to, but he's not a warrior. It's not his skill. <laughs> his skill is to train somebody. His, his skill isn't out in the field. Maybe he's too old. He's not as athletic as he used to be, you know, whatever. But he, if, if pushed into a situation, he would attack them. So, so Zach, I, I have to ask, would you join me in watching a couple episodes of the show? I will answer that for you at the end of this podcast. Okay. Because so, I, I think you'll enjoy how a watcher is handled differently in the show. Okay. And this is played by Vision, right? No. Uh, it is <laughs> Vision. Why would Vision be part of this? I thought Vision was the dude. No. Uh, it, so Giles is played by uh, Anthony Stewart Head. You might recognize him. Uh, let me pull him up. I think this guy is good. If it, it's not the same guy, he's got to be like the same type of person. Like tall, blonde, British. Oh, actually, that is a different person than I was imagining. But he's done a lot of British things. Okay. Yeah, I recognize him now. Do you have more to look at here? Yeah, I was going to let us say goodbye to Merrick. He got shanked with a shiv. What I've done. (laughs) Dust to dust. We're leaving. We're not eating? She's not ready. You that, only that's want a, to pick the fruit when it's ripe. Is that something he says? Or is that no, just no. you're saying you're filling that blank in? Yeah. Why doesn't he want to kill her? She, Her destiny is to kill him and his kind. Why wouldn't he kill her? Because I think, um, and, and this is also handled differently in the scripting of the show. Um, when a slayer really comes into their power, their blood is stronger. It's better for the vampire. Well, you, is that's not like a permanent upgrade for them. So they're basically putting them and their kind in horrible risk because it'll taste better. And not just taste better, but they'll imbue some some power. Permanently. Mm-hmm. You guessing? No, that's part of the show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right, fair I, enough. I need to read the comics. I have not read the comics, so I can't say. You haven't read Origin? No, I need to. Can't it's- believe you. I genuinely can't believe you. That sounds like something you definitely would have done. 
Yeah, I, I just haven't yet. Does it sound like a good Christmas present for you? Yes. I'll take note. Very good. I'll have to think of something good for you for Christmas. Mm, cat litter. I'm always need cat litter. Did have three boxes. <laughs> It'll probably run out by Christmas. You do have some poopy cats. <laughs> I, hey, that's enough out of you. You don't have to insult my cats. You can insult me all day long, but my cats can't defend themselves. No, no, no. I'm not saying that they're bad cats. I you love just called cats. them shitty cats. No, no. You called my cats shitty cats. Benji defecates at a level of which I've never seen in a feline before, and you know it's true. Look, I'm not going to sit here and take this kind Little of abuse. Little keel bosses in your litter box. Why? <laughs> My cats are perfect angels. Kill bosses. My kill bosses sausage has just got to perform. Now get it on. Uh, Do you know that song? Tenacious D. Yeah. But anyway, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fine. Sure. Whatever. What's your next timestamp? Uh, one hour and seven minutes into this movie. My last timestamp is after that. And it's just basically the Paul Rubens death scene. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's so good. I could watch it over and over. I think I timestamped that as well. 11214? 1012? That would just be 112. <laughs> 112. I guess you're doing like base 100 <laughs> kind of calculations. In which case, my time is way off. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, 107. So originally, we would have had an additional vampire in this scene who was end, end up being cut out. He was not cut out entirely, however. He is still seen in three shots. Seth Green? Seth Green. Yeah. He's still in this. He claims he was cut out, but he actually wasn't. I, I looked for him. I didn't see him. Yeah, you can apparently see him. I didn't see him either, but I wasn't looking for him. I didn't know he was supposed to be in this. Uh, but according to the trivia, you can see him in three shots, two from the back and one slightly in the distance uh, in the front. Hmm. So he's in the window, I think, and you can see the back of his uh, haircut. And such, you know, the spiky look that he went and did for a long time. Probably mm. still does. I mean, if you get a good look, that's pretty unique. Yeah, stick with it. That's right. Oh, man. There were vampires out there, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that guy didn't realize that he'd been bitten either. So this harkens back to. Uh, Do they have a numbing agent on? Yes, the to uh, word. What's the what's the movie? The uh, Bradley Pitts. Thank you. Interview with a vampire. So we had the discussion as to whether a vampire bite does a semi glamour onto a person. So this is a further argument that it, it happens. Different lore. Hey, but I'm saying this, it's shared between lores. It seems to be a commonality. I just think some people enjoy a little bit of pain with their pleasure. But it seems like both of these instances, they didn't realize it was happening until they like looked down and saw the blood. That guy also seems like he was in shock. Uh, maybe. Can nobody go near the door? <laughs> Party time! Don't worry. They can't come in unless they're invited. And then someone says that they, they invited them in already, right? They're seniors. Yeah, right. <laughs> but they're still standing at the doorway. They're trying to lure Buffy out. But they can come in, right? If they wanted to. They want Buffy to come outside. Oh. They're outside. You come outside. Yeah, sure. Okay. okay. Calling you out. Okay. I already invited them. But <clears throat> I'm sorry, but this does raise the question again from Lost Boys. Uh, and I'm afraid I'm going to have to take you back there because you thought I forgot and I totally did not. So returning to the Lost Boys question, how did the Lost Boys 
get into their house at the end of the movie? Your answer. For those who are unfamiliar, when we did our Lost Boys episode, we had a long debate as to the uh, technicalities of vampires entering a person's home. Mm-hmm. So even in uh, Lost Boys, the lore is they have to be invited in or they can't come in. And that happens in the movie. But later in the movie, the rest of the Lost Boys who hadn't come in came through chimneys and windows and stuff like that. How did that happen? I think because the master had already been invited in. Okay. So you're saying that if the master is invited in, all of their progeny and and grand progeny and such can also enter a premises. Because their blood should, in theory, have a similar um, quality. Because so, so if the, my so, blood makes you a vampire, my blood is still in you somehow. So houses have vampire detectors in them, mm-hmm. and when so basically those detectors are just fooled because yeah. it's it's similar blood. Like oh, I've seen blood like this. Uh, it's kind of like this before. So you know, yeah, come on in. It's like vaccines. So so if your father gets a vaccine, you don't need to get a vaccine. No, no, no. So like um, your your body is training itself to recognize a, a certain variant and so variants will mutate so they don't appear the same but they're the same it's a bad analogy actually scratch that okay i'm <laughs> scratching it um i don't know i don't know if i buy it i just don't think that that makes a whole lot of sense because well who who came up with this rule anyway that vampires can't enter homes so oh very interesting thing um the Dark and Devious podcast recently released an episode about specifically vampire lore and vampire mythology. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the exact origins of this particular mythos part of the vampire um, because there's so many variations of vampires in different countries and different cultures and different religions. Mm-hmm. But um, so I think that this most common one actually came from uh, the Eastern European-themed vampire, which came from Dracula and Nosferatu. Because Dracula couldn't come in without an invitation. Right. But no, I mean more broadly, like, did God set this in place? Like, why is this a thing? That I don't know. Uh, So, but my point is, if this rule has been set in place by somebody, why could it be broken by progeny? It seems like if you want to invite one vampire in and one vampire only, not invite their whole family. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an imperfect world. Screws Screws fall out. out. (laughs) You know, I could spend a lot of day researching this. We may want to finish this movie and give me time. You had a year, man. You didn't give me time. <laughs> you needed more than a year. Yes, fair enough. All it right. Seems like we may have two or three vampire films in the next Halloween season. Okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll come back to this in a year. They're seniors. Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna dance? Yeah. Once. We want her. We want Buffy. Send her. All will come in. <laughs> Hey, I have detention slip here, and I'm not afraid to use them. You got a problem. I got a bag full of solutions. What are we going to do about it? You're staying here. Wanna what? If any of them come in here, it's going to turn into a total stain. Yeah, you say it like it's a bad thing. It's a good thing one of us is prepared. I'm not going to let you go out there by yourself. Don't piss me off. 
If you were Buffy, would you prefer the nickname Buff or Fee? Actually, I like Fee because it sounds a little more like Fae-like. Yeah, Fee or Uffy. Or Uffy. Uffy sounds like they're going <laughs> to change your tires and like, <laughs> your oil. Yeah, I like Fee better. Buff sounds pretty butch. Buff. Get over here, Buff. And the woofing sounds. See, if you don't just attack one at a time, you might get... I also thought it was pretty unwise on her part to immediately put her back to all of them. It's okay, I think they're going after her. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> the director was definitely like, all right, I want your stupidest acting in the world. Whatever you did when you were 12 years old and you were mugging to the like the mirror in your bathroom, I want that. I want the worst shenanigans. And then crank it up a little. <laughs> yeah. Now we're at my time stand. No, no, this is Wait until we leave. I like that they're, try, they're, pro, they're put blocking the window with a table that can just easily be pushed over. <laughs> yeah, but they don't know that. They're vampires. Uh -huh. Uh, she's worried about her cramps right now, I think. Oop. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> I'm fine. He got the formalities out of the way and then Hi. kicks her in the side. How's it going? <laughs> Kick in the side. But you're obviously having a bad hair day. Oh, funny. Is it? What is this? <laughs> oh, was he getting into the music? Yeah. It really looked like he started to get a blowjob. No, no, he was just really jamming out. <laughs> or she could go for what's behind door number three. <laughs> <laughs> Party sucks, man. <laughs> Come on, play like a man. Doesn't he look a bit like a McCulkin? Yeah, I could see it, but it's an Arquette. Looks like a Culkin. Walks like a Culkin. Talks like a Culkin. Isn't it great, bike? Isn't it great? Finally got those bitches on the run. No, honestly, I leave you alone for five minutes and look you hanging out with. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be that way. I could still change. Give me a break, Danny. Why do you like these people? They're sheep. Oh, forget them. We could start a band. <laughs> we could start a band. I'll get you, buddy, and your little dog, too. I just so nobody sees in here. 
You don't really think you can stand up to him, do you? Admit it, Buffy. Aren't there times when you just feel less than fresh? <laughs> I don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean. <laughs> You're pathetic. Was that a was that a female insult? Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> I guess because she's acting crampy. It's like you know. Well, he doesn't know that. She, he saw her acting like she was in pain, and then that was before he smashed through a window. I don't think he had an eyeball on her. Gotcha. But yeah, I, I think he just threw a female insult. That's very strange. Very strange, man. Uh, Keep going. Okay. Not even fit to die for him. <laughs> We're immortal, Buffy. You can do anything. Oh, yeah? Clap. Ooh. <laughs> That's a cool violin. So one of the trivias that I found said, what was the violin made of? And I would say plexiglass and wood. Yeah, well, that there were two options, wood and glass. I said wood because it's the color of wood. Mm-hmm. The answer was glass. Oh. But... It looks like it's mainly wood. Yeah, like it's a wood frame with, like I would have said wood frame with plexiglass had I not known it was mina. It looks like there might be glass on the underside. It doesn't even look like there's glass on the top side. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the main thing is wood. Like this part, the, the, the neck is wood. The head thing up here is wood. That's mainly wood. But they said it was glass. What do I know? Mm-hmm. I've only got eyeballs. He shakes his head at his companion. Oh no! Edward Norton gets stabbed. You're gonna wish you died. (laughs) (laughs) He just pops back up into frame. I'm sorry, if you look at Rucker Howard's face there, you can't tell me that. I'm sorry! He stopped moaning. Looked at her. To look looked over at her. He's like, "What?" <laughs> I gotta watch it again. I'm no, no, do it. But pay attention to Rucker Howard this time. <laughs> he's not dead yet, though. No, oh, he's dead now. No, he's not. You haven't watched the after credits, then. Oh no, yeah. He comes back to life and complains a bit more. Ow! Ow! Intimate. Your first. So that that was the end of my time. Okay. <laughs> I just that is my favorite part of the movie. That's a that was a great scene. That was the best acting in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the way. I don't know what that is. I don't know why they left that in. It's very funny, but how does it make any sense? It's very incongruous with the rest of this movie. (laughs) Where people just die immediately. I'm so glad they left it in. I'm so glad. Whoever's choice, Paul Rubens, chef's kiss. 
And the two best moments of, uh, are of, uh, when he goes down the first time and then pops back up. Kills him a lot. <laughs> it, uh, uh, it's like uh, in IT Crowd. Mm-hmm. In the episode where he was fighting his girlfriend, uh, Douglas Renham was fighting his girlfriend in like the sciency lab area, mm-hmm. and she punches him. And he like smashes into a thing <laughs> and then just pops back up in the frame and cracks his neck. <laughs> Reminded me of that. Oh, so good. My last timestamp is 118 into this movie. Let's do it. Oh, fine. Uh, do you not have another one? Nope, that was it. Oh. <laughs> Admit it, Zachary. Sometimes do you just not feel so fresh? Sure, yeah. yeah of course. Alright, so uh, this is after, obviously, uh, Buffy stabs Edward Norton. The death scene. Oh, this was actually that timestamp. So my timestamps were just way off, apparently. I guess because of the ads and such. This was supposed to be that scene. Oh, okay. This is minutes after the fact. Yeah. Um, I was about to, I was like, well, this is the death scene of uh, Lothos. We can watch the death scene of Losa, Losa, Losa. Lothos. Lothos. She goes for the stake and he kicks it out of the way. She goes for the chair and he chops it in half. She grabs... A stake? Yeah. Well, no, is it? It's I, a broken piece of chair. See, that's what... Okay, see, we're having an argument with this, uh, this trivia master. So she th- gets the chair, he smacks the chair... And then you get rubble. So does that look like it's part of the chair? Yeah, it looks like a broken leg. So that's what I thought too. And that's what I answered. And it was considered wrong. They said it was part of a flagpole. No, the flagpole, or she, she, it got broken, kicked away. That's what I thought too. I, th- I said uh, chair because I thought that was, yeah, and it's, you can see the, the chair yeah. leg broken off right there. So the that's trivia. Bad trivia. The trivia quiz was wrong. That, and that's why I didn't use it, because I was kind of iffy about that. I was like, I'm pretty sure that was a chair leg. I mean, she does at one point lose her stake and goes and grabs a flagpole. So that does happen. But yeah, what she's picking up there. Yeah. The that, question that's was not cylindrical like the flagpole. Was. Exactly. And you can see where it broke off on the thing. Yeah. No, the question was definitely what was used to kill him. And it was definitely part of a chair. All right, so she grabs the chair leg and stabs him in the heart. Now, I'm really pissed off. There's the line. And here comes the last line. Oops. <laughs> I'm going to cover myself up. Yeah. <laughs> cover on the death. All right, that is the end of the movie. No more of that, please. Act for the Rose Award. Yes, yes. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is quite enough. Thank you very much. A little bit more. Nope, nope. All right, you've got the power over them. Oh, now you want them to stop? Yes. Like idiots are just... He starts them up and then stops them. Starts them up and then stops them. Yep. All right, so uh, I think you're going to have to work a little bit harder before you reach his level of being able to control the audience. Very true. I am not as compelling. No. Uh, the Rose Award. Who do you give that to? Okay. So identifying the hero's journey... I said it was for the Slayer to come into her powers and mm-hmm. take out the Master, in this case, Lothos. So that being said, I would say Buffy would therefore be the Rose. I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the more straight-cut, you know... Straightforward, yeah. Yeah, just completely straight down the line, it's got to be Buffy. It's the, the main person, the hero. And conversely the thorn i thought was pretty easily identified as lothos and the minions see now now i say no because if that's the hero the hero journey her coming into her powers the thorn is merrick 
Catches her like two minutes before she needs to be an yeah. all-out warrior. He did say she was. He was late. Yeah. Yeah. He should have found her years before now. He is a lazy and bad person at his job. It is Merrick who is the thorn. Actually, was it the surgeon that removed the mole that would have identified her as the slayer because she was harder to find? No, because there is now record of her having a mole removed and he should have looked at her medical records. HIPAA protected. He should have had alerts set to his iPhone for whenever someone had a mole removed. There there was not an iPhone system. Look, I don't want excuses for this man. I want results. And the fact is he was late by many years. Giles wouldn't have been late. Exactly. Who the hell is that? All right. So who did you love in this movie? So um, Paul Rubin's vampire just brought so much humor and fun uh to the movie i so i said amelin is my my rose i was thinking about adding him i think maybe i'll also add him but i said buffy oh yeah i thought she was funny as the vacuous bimbo and i thought she was cool as a vampire hunter very good yeah thought she did a good job did you hate anybody Uh uh-uh no oh i said her vapid friends did not like they were mean girls yeah, they were. But I th- honestly, all their scenes made me laugh. So I didn't hate them. I hate what they represented. I mean, if if I were with them, I would probably hate them. <laughs> but watching them from afar where I can and laugh like at they them. they would care. Like, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I didn't hate them. I thought they were funny. So moving on to the ratings. For genre, I said that this was a high school spooky. Okay. I said teen horror comedy. So that's very similar. Okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. For High School Spooky, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Ooh, you actually rated it higher than I did. That's weird. I said 7 out of 10 for the genre. And the reason I said that is because when you look at other teen vampire comedies or teen horror comedies, Lost Boys was my 10. Sure, I didn't give this a 10, though. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, So So why isn't it an 8 for you? You're right, it should be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you can rate it however you want, but I, I was thinking about it in the same way. So, like, related kind of high school-y, teenage uh, spooky films, this is not the best, but it was pretty good. It was pretty, And it's one of the few that have a female-focused lead. Exactly. And do you think that she patched the Bechtel test? Absolutely not. They talked about clothes and theater things. And buddies. And boys, but they also, they, it was a bunch of ladies talking about cinema and film. This is highbrow female empowerment in this film. So. <laughs> um, what about directing? Uh, for directing, I give it a five. I did too. Hey, hey. look at you. Um, so, you know, learning about the fights between the director and Joss Whedon, um, I can see some of the identity crisis that the film had. Um, while I'm sure the original concept would have been really great and groundbreaking and probably great like the show, um, I still really enjoyed myself despite that. Did Joss Whedon also direct the show? Mm-hmm. He did? Okay. Yeah. Um, Surely not every episode, but... I think uh, almost every episode, and it was more episodes needed his blessing also so like the writers oh i'm sure yeah well he is much more of a writer than he is anything else Mm -hmm. um he's also obviously a director but i assume he wrote or was in the writing room for every episode but directing takes a lot of time and for tv shows usually more than one episode needs to be in production at a time that's why i assume he didn't direct every episode yeah and um one thing that's interesting in the credits for the tv show 
you'll always see um, an acknowledgement to Fran uh, uh, Kazooie, um, who was the director for the movie, because of her rights or her name being associated with the rights for the Buffy franchise. So I, I feel like that probably was a little punch in the arm every time we saw it because mm. of how he, you know, separated ways. Yes. But that is nothing to talk about the quality of the directing, just a little bit of, uh, no, it's, it's, yeah, little tidbits. That's, mm. I think it's all relevant. Uh, so for, yeah, I didn't really have much to just notes wise on how the directing went. It just, it, it all felt kind of average. Fun. I mean, obviously it was very campy and it was intentionally campy. So I don't detract that from directing because they were, that's the effect they were going for. Um, but there was nothing very like groundbreaking about how it was tackled. So yeah, five. Music. Uh, music I gave a 5.5, mainly because I didn't really notice it. When I did notice it, it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it would also didn't like tickle the fancy 80s thing in me, and it also didn't do anything else really for me. So, eh, so for me, um, I, I actually gave it a 5 for a very similar reason. Okay. Um, the only thing that I think I enjoyed more about it than, say, you did was the early 90s music scene. Like, that kind of resonated with me. What was your favorite song that they played? I think there was a R.E.M. song towards the end that I like. Sing a little bit? I can't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, even the opening credit scene, which, you know, is that little kind of hip-hop-y light song. Mm. Like, it, it just, that feels very 90s to me. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. And, I mean, I, I remember listening to that sort of thing. So, I can kind of identify with the 90s, but I don't... Uh, for some reason, 80s music has more of a nostalgic flair for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Maybe when I was growing up, I, w- I heard more like 80s music in the movies that I was watching than I did 90s. Because I didn't watch a lot of 90s movies when I lived in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I usually watched like Star Wars. And that was about it. And yeah, the Cantina song is definitely not yeah. 80s. <laughs> I want, no. Uh, it was, it's sci fi jazz, is what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and which you said was your favorite of the Star Wars songs, which I can't get over still. I'm going <laughs> to remember it. that forever. <laughs> Writing. <laughs> well, it's hard to say, especially now that I know that it was butchered. From the original vision of the script. Uh, but what has been butchered by Hollywood? The prequels, the Star Wars prequels. That was the pure vision of George Lucas. He had all the power and control in the world. He did not have any interference. That was just his thing. So no, it was they, the- sink, they sink or swim uh, based on their own merits, not Hollywood's fault. I can't tell if that's a compliment or an insult. Well, I know I'm, I'm laying it out there specifically. You can read into that however you like. I take it as a compliment, not only for an auteur. I like it when there is an auteur and they make something that's not for everybody, mm-hmm. which seems like the prequels fit that bill. Mm-hmm. But I happen, I happen to think that they're good movies. I think they're very good sci-fi movies. I think they're very different from the original trilogy. Um, and that put a lot of people off. But I think they're great movies. And they, they established a lot of great lore for the Star Wars universe. I think Metachlorians was stupid. I don't know why this became a TED Talk on Star Wars prequels right now, but that's where we're at. It started with music, and now it's in writing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, why there were Metachlorians, I, that, that's kind of dumb. But everything else that I think they established, I think, was very good. Okay. Fair enough. 
And your, your rebuttal? I, I don't really have one. Well, what's your stance on the prequels? So I didn't see the prequels until I watched them with you. And I think one of them, we may have gone back and watched Rift, maybe? Or we were just laughing a lot because we we're having a good time because we were friends. <laughs> uh, possibly. Very possibly. We do tend to, to chuckle. We've been known to giggle and cavort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> All right. Acting. So, well, I gave it a four. If for overwriting? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> and I don't I don't know that you ever gave your score. You just gave your rationale of the score. Six. Six? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now acting. <laughs> All right. Uh, acting, I didn't know what to give it. Honestly, I wanted to give it a negative one. But I thought Buffy was good. I thought uh, Donald Sutherland, obviously he was good. You know? Paul Rubens? No, <laughs> he was not a good actor. Okay, he was good in this role. <laughs> he was funny. Uh, he was. He was funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we're going back to that over the top meter, we were talking about the uh, the basketball guy being at a thirteen. He was at like a forty one. <laughs> he was so over the top. He might as well have looked at the camera and winked. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. We did have a character look at the camera and wink. <laughs> Did we? Yeah, the one that was, uh, there was. Oh, right. <laughs> when he was like going toward the window yeah. or whatever. Yeah. He was like, hey. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. It's crazy town. Uh, so Buffy, Donald Sutherland, I guess NPH. They were Luke all, Perry. they were all good. See, Luke Perry had an interesting perspective on the role he was playing as Pike. He's like, I am the damsel in distress in this film. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he was. Yeah, and so he's like, I didn't want to be a completely useless damsel, but I was a damsel, and this is a new role for me, so I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think he did a good job. Yeah, so he was one of the other ones that I thought that the the performance was, you know, he wasn't playing like a powerhouse sort of acting character and such, but he was good. It was felt grounded for the most part, his performance. Certainly explained the slurred speech. Yeah. Uh, he had good comedic chops for the lines that he had to deliver comedically. and uh, but He was easy on the eyes. Well, for you, you have a thing for him. I, uh, you like the skin, bones, and muscle that comprise his physical appearance, but I, not me. I, I thought he was, yeah. Sorry. No, based on you know the Da Vinci law of um, symmetry. Symmetry, exactly. He is classically handsome. I think he looks dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've got to respond to that. He looks like Rebel Without a Cause. I haven't seen that. Well, that's the one that we'll have to watch eventually. It is a classic. Is that the one you're tearing me apart, Lisa? Yes. Good. Well, I'm looking forward to that. It's been a while since we did a black and white. It's been a while. It has been a while, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. And I can still remember just the way it tastes. So I did a three out of ten for the acting. For acting. Okay, so you did three out of ten. What did I give it? Did I even say? You said negative one. Yeah. No, I said that I wanted to give it a negative one, but that's because almost everybody was terrible, including little um, Happy Dappy. He little Happy Dappy Harum Harumba Harumbi, the gorilla. Yeah, Harambe. <laughs> no, not him. The the older guy. May he rest in peace. <laughs> the violin. Yes, poor guy. Rutger uh, Hauer. Rutger Hauer. Thank you. I was close. I feel like. Harambe. Well, that was an H. Um, anyway. uh, well, we just got our caption for this episode. How is Harambe like Rucker Hour? That's a good one. Um, 
No, I thought he even did a bad job, and I think he's a good actor. Mm. So, uh, I think overall I'll give it a four, which is actually higher than yours. How many points did you deduct from his creepy stash? Oh, the creepy stash. I don't blame him as an actor for having that. That was, I think, the makeup's fault because yeah. it was just too closely pancake colored to like his Agree. pale skin. Yeah. It looked really weird. Uh, Dislike. Yeah. So I, I blame, and that's got to fall under directing, I think. Mm-hmm. So further points off, dire- what did I give directing? A five? It's now a four. Okay. Just for the mustache. <laughs> so what is your real rating? Really? I gave it a four out of 10, which is what you predicted. Okay. So right on par with what you predicted. Well done. What about your hearty heart? Uh, hearty heart. Hearty heart heart. I gave it a, what did you predict? A six? Uh, 6.5. 6.5. I gave it a 7.6. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot better than I thought. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad. thought it was fun. <laughs> Just for the, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was honestly, that's the most iconic scene in this movie. <laughs> I'm going to remember that more than anything else. <laughs> Popping back up and then moan, look over at Buffy, and then continue to moan. (laughs) So great. (laughs) Uh, So are you going to watch it again? Uh, Yeah, definitely. Are you going to save it for spooky times? Uh, Probably. But honestly, if I were the sort of person to watch conventional cable slash TV and it were on in the off season, as it were, I think I would watch it anyway. Hmm. It was a fun movie. Good. Yeah. So... In my opinion. And I disagree with your hatred of Christy Swanson. I think she's a swell fella. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which I know you were trying to keep your hatred of her under wraps, so I won't go any further into it. Um, (laughs) Anyone who's listened to any episode ever will now know. (laughs) So my real, uh, I bumped it up a little bit to a uh, 5 out of 10. Oh my. And my heart is at an 8 out of 10. Well, just... Watching mustache. It Part of it is I just I got more of it as an adult. Like some of the the humor, I understood a little bit better as an adult watching it. Mm, when was the last time you watched it before now? So like really strictly paid attention to it, watched it. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. I'd say probably. Um. So in your early twenties, you you didn't understand. Yeah, I. Or, you were like fresh. Fresh and innocent and naive. No, no, I was talking about like you didn't understand his oh, joke about her not being fresh. Such a random thing to say. It is. Like, it really it's is. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I also now recognize the less quality in some of the acting choices people were making. Terrible, terrible acting <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But your heart, you said, is what now? Eight out of ten. So. Eight? Okay, so you still topped me on heart. By point four, by point I'll have four. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that the the critical side of things was one point less, mm. and I happen to think I'm right. So, are you going to change? I mean, are you? Did you change your opinion on any aspect of this movie? I mean, not really. Just um, again, as I've matured, I've understood a little bit more about it. I am sad to, you know, about the falling of Joss Whedon and. Um, you know, that does kind of mar the franchise for me a little bit, especially uh, the TV show and um, what some of the actors are coming forth and saying about him. And I don't want to get too fully. Well, yeah, and especially since this is all pub- uh, court of public opinion mm-hmm. and that can 
get into a kind of a messy area where truth is concerned. Yes. I would like, has he spoken out about any of this stuff? Has he I either, honestly haven't sought it out to, to look. I'd like to see if he's talked about it, if he either confirms people's stories or denies everything or says there's some truth to it and apologizes. I'd like to, I'd like to know what's going on there. Yeah, and I mean, some of the more um, tepid things that I've heard, like I'll call it the more tepid arguments, is just that he is an absolute perfectionist when it comes to his craft. Mm -hmm. And so I think like a lot of geniuses, like a lot of creative writing geniuses or technology geniuses, they can attack those who are closest to them because of their pursuit of like uh, Steve Jobs comes to mind with his. Yeah. It's definitely uh, a tricky thing. And it's, it's sad to hear that uh, he might either be a bad person or, you know, just a lot of bad, unstable genius, a lot of bad PR. Um, Anyway, so on to act five next time on RTR. So what is going to be our next movie? So technically weird science. No. Uh, What the hell are you talking about? So in our releasing episodes, the next release episode that the listener is going to hear is Karate Kid Part 2. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Is it really? That we recorded in July. (laughs) (laughs) That's very strange. So I was like, wait, no, it's not going to be Weird Science next. Next that you, the listener, is going to hear is Karate Kid Part 2, a two-part series. And then... Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, I was actually uh, offloading all the things from the uh, the onboard hard drive on the uh, on our recording equipment here. And I started listening to it. I was like, all right, what episode is this? And we were like, Big Trouble in Little China. I was like, what? We did that movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know why listen, I forgot. <laughs> you're an unreasonable guy. <laughs> yep, and I just re- experienced some really reasonable things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Um. let's see. So if we're doing weird... Oh, didn't you say you wanted to do a, uh, a cleansing episode that was pure, like Totoro? Yes, let's do Totoro. Totoro? Let's do Totoro. All right, fine, let's do Totoro. Hurry up, May. It's gonna rain. Okay. Are you off to meet your dad at the bus stop? Yes, he forgot his umbrella. It's okay, May. He'll be here soon. Thank you for watching over May and making us feel so welcome here. Please continue to look Please after us. Please continue to look after us. Last one home's a rotten egg. And that was Totoro by Hideo Kojima. Hayao Miyazaki. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Hideo Kojima is the only one, uh, the only Japanese uh, director guy that I know. He's a game director, though. Oh, I was like, Kurosawa? <laughs> Kurosawa is another one. Yeah, I, I don't think I could have summoned his name if I was looking for it, but I know mm-hmm. there's a Kurosawa-shaped person that I'm aware of. So uh, I'm really excited that we get to do a Miyazaki. I will say, just in preparation, uh, I'm going to nominate that we do the dubbed version, not be... It'll just be easier for the audience. It'll be easier for the audience. It'll be easier for the review. Um, While the original voice acting is absolutely beautiful and worth viewing just to prepare the listener, that's my rationale for choosing the English dub. Uh, I think that's a good rationale. I think it makes a lot of sense. Okay, so we watched the trailer, so now we get into the movie ratings for Totoro. So, Allison, your nostalgia ratings. So, I don't know the last time. When was the last time you saw this movie? So the first time I actually saw it was last time. Well, I, I wanted to set this up. Well, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna go uh, last time and then first time, yeah. Okay. So the last time you saw it, it's been a couple years. I, I think it's been six or seven years since I've seen. Oh, it. Oh, really? Interesting. So um, you'll actually have a real nostalgia about this because you haven't seen it for a while. Yeah. Um. And the the first time I saw it was actually in college. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, a lot of people had an awakening to Miyazaki films much earlier than I did, especially this film. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one that a lot of people hearken back to their youth and how I will, spoiler free way, of, I will kind of project my my thoughts about it is this transports you to a way of thinking that is how you would have thought as a child. Like, it makes you walk in the shoes and mindset of when you were four or younger. Sure, yeah. You know, I found that a lot of animes, um, what they do really well is connect you with a way of feeling. Mm-hmm. The story is not always good or even existent, but the the way that the characters interact and the scenery and the music and everything ties in really well to evoke emotion. And that's pure art. I mean, that that's you, I'm not taking it away by saying that the stories aren't always strong because it's a really interesting art form to evoke emotion that it, way. It, it, it does. It, it, this is a different form of art. This is not Disney. This is a different, which is not to degrade Disney because you know me, I love Disney, but yeah. it's a different art style. You feel like you're walking through Monet with the perspective of a child. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I watched uh, the only Miyazaki film that I've ever seen, I believe, was uh, Spirited Away. And oh, I saw. So good. I think I made you watch. Mm-mm, no, I saw that for the first time when I was maybe 10 or 11. I showed you part of Nausicaa. Oh, maybe. Was it. Uh, because Patrick Stewart was one of the voice actors. <sighs> that was the girl with the uh, big glider. Yeah. Okay. So I did see a bit of that, but certainly mm-hmm. not the whole thing. Mm hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing another Miyazaki. This is going to be cool. On that note, um, <laughs> you know, please go to our Facebook and Twitter at Rose Tinted Reels for updates. Yep. Uh, go to our RTR community face place on Facebook. That's the Facebook group. Uh, a lot of conversations happen in there. The cool people hang out there just so you know, just Don't so you you're aware. Be cool? Yeah, because clearly you guys aren't cool. But if you join the RTR community face place, you will become cool. Yeah, and then you can just get out of our facials about it. Yeah, I'm tired of you guys being in our facials all the damn time, all up on our jock. (laughs) Don't be a total homeless. (laughs) (laughs) Total homeless. Like, what is that? (laughs) It's Uh, a great ensemble. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) I would like to thank Julian Crowhurst for the use of our theme song, Kaka. No. 
I'm cacaoing. No, you're not allowed to cacao until he does a review. Cacophony. Uh, yeah, I, no, there's no cacophonies for him until he leaves us a review. That's just the way it is. Okay, and so should you leave us a five-star review uh, and Apple Podcasts. That's right. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it on this show, and we'll say whatever you write in there, however insulting or complimentary or otherwise uh, descriptive. Make Zach Valley Girl speak for an entire review. Oh, I could do it. I'm good at that sort of thing. Ah, it'll be delightful. Script him something beautiful. Give me like a a, a line or a, a stanza of Shakespeare to read, but I have to do it Valley Girl style. That'd be fun. Please do. Thank you. And goodbye. And goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> And I'm going to finish editing and releasing all of these movies before Halloween. Did you know that?